Blog Talk Radio. And now, here's your host, William Powell, the king of DC media. Good evening, my dear listeners. Tonight, my guest is Christopher Inlow, who is the mastermind behind a soon-to-come show, The Screenplay with Christopher Inlow, which will be a table read featuring a screenplay by Eduardo Sanchez, who wrote The Blair Witch Project, and Jamie Nash, who wrote The Night Watchman. You can find out more at www.thescreenplayonline.com or Indiegogo. You can search there for The Screenplay with Christopher Inlow. All right, so Christopher is on the line. Let me bring him on in. Good evening. Hey, hey. Hey, hey, how you doing out there? Fantastic, fantastic. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm with the uh, the king of DC media. It's one of the you greatest moments of my life. Absolutely, brother, absolutely. So give us your elevator spiel about your project. Well, <clears throat> what we've got is... Uh, the screenplay with Christopher and Lou, what we're doing is presenting stories that uh, stories that were written by very accomplished screenwriters. And the first one that we're doing is written by Jamie Nash and Eduardo Sanchez, who co-wrote Exist. They co-wrote uh, Lovely Molly. Uh, uh, Jamie Nash was one of the writers on um, the new um, – the Night Watchman movie that just came out. And, of yep. course, Eduardo Sanchez was the writer and director of the Blair Witch Project. So uh, what we're doing is we're telling the story. We're using table reading, and we're using special effects. We're going to be using uh, sound effects, and we're storyboarding the entire screenplay. And then we're going to be uh, filming it and playing it out for you. We're taking all this stuff and mashing it together to make a production out of it. And it's going to look fantastic. Um to make this kind of movie that we're doing would cost millions of dollars to uh, to do it, and we are going to be doing it on roughly a ten thousand dollar budget. We've got um, we've got some great talent that that's backing us up in this, and Rochelle Davis, who played Sarah in The Crow, is going to be doing one of the uh, one of the lead roles. So it's a lot of fun, and uh, we've been working on this for. Uh, me and my team have been working on it for roughly a year and a half. We've done a bunch of test shoots to try to figure out how how to shoot a table reading and make it um you know make it really interesting so uh and i think I think we've been we've been accomplishing that we've done some tests with it and had people watching it and they do you get kind of glued to it and you get brought into the story which is uh which is important so it's a neat concept and uh We've been we've been lucky to have some really good interest from from people that are in the industry that have written and and made extremely uh, extremely great contributions to the entertainment industry and cinema and as you know uh, life in general because people imitate art right right so. absolutely absolutely so how did you get so many talented people. I asked. I asked. I have <laughs> okay. been talking about this project, and uh, 
You know, I because of, of stuff like the uh, I was in a movie called Snake River, which was a uh, it was the world's first virtual reality movie, and um, I won a a horror host award and an acting award for yeah. horror host of the year for a character that I do called Slow Frank that's appeared on like a Creature Feature and Monster Madhouse and the Sound right. the Zombie Show and and other shows. So. Uh, I was in a movie called Deer Crossing, but you know, it's it's all these different things. You start doing conventions, and you know, I've been asked to be a guest at various conventions. So I meet different people doing these um, conventions, and you know, just in general, doing work with people. And um, when you become friends with these guys, you start sharing ideas. And uh, this was one of them that I shared with Rochelle, who I've become, you know, real good friends with, and uh, and she loved the idea, so she jumped on board. And I had a, I had some other interest from, from some other uh, celebrities that didn't, it didn't work out because of timing on when we're doing it. But um, we had one of the people from, uh, from The Walking Dead. I don't want to give out any names or anything, like like that. But we had somebody from The Walking Dead that was interested, and um, I just got a, I just actually got contacted today from somebody that was in a, what was it, the something of the North Star, Fist of the North Star. Uh huh. But um. Yeah, so, uh, but as far as, like, Ed, I've been a huge fan of Ed Sanchez. I love Lovely Molly. I love Exist. And, uh, of course, the Blair Witch Project, when that came out, I was a big, big fan of that. And uh, and the re- the realism that went along with it, you know, was a, was a big influence on me. So I was fortunate enough to meet Ed, Eduardo. And, uh, you know, he had sent me, he sent me the script, and I told him, or asked him if I could televise a table reading of this. And, you know, it started from there, and it just kind of it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, now mm. here we are. We're looking to – we're trying to raise money to have a, a big budget for this, and uh, or, you know, or at least big as far as what we're looking for. I guess if you're, in, you're in doing a Hollywood movie, $10,000 isn't a very large budget for a production. Right. But uh, it is here. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Because you know, uh, if, if you listen to uh, Fred the Hammer Williamson, he's a legendary uh, independent filmmaker. He did a lot of black exploitation films in the seventies. He's been in Tarantino films. Yeah. He was at a convention. He was saying that uh, if you make a, a film for ten thousand dollars, no one will ever see it. He said, take another ten thousand and and cut a little, like a small trailer, and then you can use that to raise money. So that brings me to my next question about um, basically why you decided to go this route. I mean, you could always try to raise money for a traditional film. Uh, there's different avenues you can take. So was it purely a, a money decision, or is there some aesthetic um, value that you see in a table read? I think what it is is when you get hung up, when you start with a project or you get an idea, you start to obsess over it a little bit. And yeah. the idea that I could use, um, that I could use a script that was written by a legend, uh, somebody yeah. that, that, I mean, the, the Blair Witch Project, that movie was at one point was the highest grossing independent film of all time, I think. Right. And, um, the idea that I was able to to use a script written by Ed and uh, written by Jamie and Ed is is phenomenal, you know. And I love reading scripts. I've been acting since I was a kid, 
Since I was yeah. uh, five years old, I've been doing stuff on stage. I've been singing on stage my whole life. I've been acting on stage and in film and all that for my entire life. So uh, it's kind of just grown on me to, to pick up a script and read it or pick up a book and read it. And to be able to, to do this with something that nobody's ever seen, and the script is fantastic. The script is awesome. It definitely yeah. uh, it definitely has a great story, very exciting story behind it. And I right. would love to see it made into a full-length feature film as well, but like, I don't have the millions of dollars that it would take right. to make that. And even if I had $10,000 to make a trailer, I doubt that I myself at this point would be able to, to, you know, come together and get millions and millions, the amount of money that would cost to do this. But the script is so, so good. But yeah, back to it. When you get onto a project, you know, you want to see it through. Right. And um, I can see this going down. I can see exactly how this is going to look. I mean, in a sense, I am making a movie. It's just not right. going to be shot on locations and have the millions of dollars behind me for, you know, all the green screening and all, all the, uh, for like renting a mall, for example, to, to do this. But the story will still be told using storyboards and a lot, a very talented cast. And, uh, with my, my director, Johnny Johnson, who did the Plan 9 movie. So I'm, I'm extremely excited to get this lined up. And when this is complete, you know, show it to people and get everybody's opinion. I've got other major screenwriters that have shown an interest and major writers that have shown an interest as well. So, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm totally excited about this. Yeah, because that kind of goes into one of my next questions was, now, assuming this one really takes off, I mean, what would be some of the other screenplays you'd produce? Mm. That is that is a question. I don't want to throw the names out there because everybody's kind of oh, waiting okay. to see yeah. what happens with this, you know. But I'll tell you what, um, both the two of the people that I'm talking to right now, I am positive that everybody is familiar with their work. Right. More than anything, if there was ever a true word that came out of my mouth, <laughs> I'm positive that the work <laughs> that these people, you are familiar with them, and the your listening audience is familiar with them. So exactly. uh, that, yeah. So there's there's definitely, um, like I said, there's a lot of a lot of hope with this, but there's really a lot of opportunities that come along with it as well, and giving this cast the opportunity to work on a script that was written by these legends, bringing a script like this to life is, is a dream come true for a lot of people, you know, to have the opportunity to, to bring to life and bring to life the characters that were written by the creative minds that gave us legendary films. And there's a exactly. lot more out there, a lot more. You figure for every, uh, for every big screen, or for every big movie that's written, that writer's probably written uh, 20 other screenplays that are exceptional, yeah. that just haven't sold yet. One of the writers specifically told me that, um, you know, he was working on a 3D movie, you know, uh -huh. and, you know, back when they were doing the big 3D craze, and they were working on a 3D movie, and all of a sudden the 3D craze disappeared right when they were about to begin production. Mm. So the script... He said it was awesome. Everything was awesome, but, you know, 
that particular that particular scene just kind of fizzled away. So they didn't get to make the the, the script, or they didn't get to make the movie. But the script is still right there, and you know it's practically that that one of those is practically in my hands, like that. Yeah. Uh, but there's a there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things that are out there like that that you don't know exist, or you don't realize who it is behind it. That uh, how this actually started was because I was reading a script. When I was, uh, oh, I want to say 20 years ago, I bought a script called Freddy Meets Jason. And, um, <laughs> you know, I'm a big, uh, big Freddy Krueger fan. As a matter of fact, when I was a kid, I was the, I was the news, the weather guy on, the, on my elementary school news channel. And I would get onto the air and, uh, and I would do all these different characters and, and do the yeah. news. And I, I did it like, you know, I would do like Robin Williams as Adrian Cronauer in Good Morning Vietnam, or, or I would be, you know, <laughs> Freddy Krueger. I got on there, and the, the rubber fingernails that are out there today had not been created yet. They weren't sold in stores, so, you know, I made fingernails out of, pay, out of a cardboard and tinfoil, you know, and took <laughs> a work glove and made a Freddy glove out of that and did the, did the voice of Freddy the best way that I could, you know, and I would tell the weather like that. So being a big Freddy fan, I ran across this script in some random place. I think it was like a mall, one of those little side stories that are in the, you know, right there in the middle of the mall. And I, I was going through the screenplays that were for sale there. And I know I, that I think Dazed and Confused was there. Uh, and I remember, um, I remember the Freddy meets Jason one. And I didn't get the chance to read it for like 100 years, and it just sat there. And it would, you know, appear on the top of a pile one day, and I would – you know, want to go to read it, and then I would lose it again. And then I refound it again about two years ago, and I called up uh, some friends of mine and was like, hey, let's, uh, you, you want to read the script with me? It's going to be a lot of fun. So we read it, and I was like, man, well, we, you know, it would be neat to, to do a table reading with that. So I found out who wrote it, and surprisingly, the, the person that wrote that is a very, very famous writer. And he was uh, he had written that, I guess, to try to make some money, and sold it to New Line Cinema, and then you know made his little bits of money, and then ran off and wrote some some really big screenplays. So it's exciting awesome. to be in contact with these people, and being yeah. an actor to be able to work with some of these people like that, you know. That's what it's all about. This uh, the energy with with working with uh, talented people. So, two questions come to mind: Are you fully cast, and where will you shoot it? I'm going to be renting at a place in Northern Virginia, and, I, and um, there's a couple of places that I'm that I'm have decided on. So I'm just kind of I want to go in and take a double look at both of them. And figure it out. But it, the shoot's going to be in Northern Virginia. And uh, I have got a couple of roles that still need to be filled by people in their, like, mid-20s. For male. It's male roles. A couple of male roles that need to be filled. And I need uh, any actors that are interested in, in checking it out. It, they need to be able to do new, a couple of different voices. Uh-huh. Because... Uh, since we're doing a kind of a table read, what we're doing is having a, I'm having the cast do each do like a couple of different characters. You know, you, you when you see a movie, when I was doing the test on this, 
We uh, the first movie that I wanted to try it with, I believe, was Stand by Me, uh-huh. because I figured I could get in there and do it with just a couple of people. You know, Stand by Me. It's a story of four boys. You know, so I could cast four people and get out in there and do it. And you've got like your couple of people, like uh, you know, Kiefer Sutherland's character in the movie. And, you know, maybe eight or nine people, but there's like 30 people, 40 people that are in that movie when it's all said and done. You've got all these little Mm. side roles that you run into. And then the same thing happened with this. I think there was like, I think there's like 38 roles in this. And, of course, I don't, Mm. I don't have, I don't want to have 40 people running around a room. So, um, (laughs) we gave everybody a couple of different roles. But there are two, two or three or four roles that we're still looking to cast for uh, some males in their, like, early to, to mid-20s. Nice. Okay. All right. So talk about your your on your uh, Indiegogo site and then uh, get it to, uh, when this is all said and done, how are you uh, going to uh, distribute this? The distribution... <laughs> Distribution is uh, kind of a wait and see. There's a couple of things that we want to try to do with this. One of it is see if we can get somebody to get network television involved and see if we can get like an yeah. independent channel to to take this on, or and see if we can get a college to fund it, or you know, to, so we can get more episodes taken care of. Because good lord, I don't know if I can if I can handle like doing ten episodes of Indiegogo trying to get this going. I think it would it would use up every bit of time that I have. But, um, yeah, so we want to do distribution as far as getting it onto network television. And, it, you know, there's other outlets if, if it doesn't work out like that. You know, the, I've, uh, you can go to the screenplayonline.com, and, uh, you know, that's the web page for it, the screenplayonline.com. And we could host it on that website. Uh, we could host it. On a, you know, talk to a lot of these different like Netflix, see if we can get them to to do something with it. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of things that we've talked about on where to go as far as the business end on that, but we haven't uh, got anything completely concrete yet because we want to start with the top, you know, and see what happens from there. And there's always people that have more ideas that get thrown in there, but the basic idea is to get it onto network television. Uh, Inside the actor studio, that kind of show I think is the audience <laughs> that would really appeal to, you know. So the kind of network that would take on inside the actor studio, I think might take on this or the independent film channel, stuff like that, you know. Exactly. Okay, we're gonna uh, kind of change lanes here and talk a little bit about uh, some of your acting projects, and uh, also, if you want to, uh, I know you have a novel you're working on. The novel is an accident. I like to write. I've been writing forever. And I started writing a short story. And before you know it, the short story was a novella-length story. And before you know it, the novella-length story was a full novel. So uh, Mm. I'm just about uh, finished up with the rough draft of that. And it's a story called Suction. It's your basic, it's a horror story. You know, you're running from creatures for for your life. And uh, I'd like to give mad props to Stephen King on 
in, inspiring me as a writer again. I used to write a lot as a kid, and I feel like the more I learned how to write properly, the less I wrote. And uh, yeah, all of a sudden, I'm just right. not writing anymore. And then I read Stephen yeah. King's On Writing, that book On Writing, exactly. and it just turned me right back on. And I'm writing just like I was a little kid again. So, yeah, awesome. I, with that same kind of uh, thing, I write a lot of short stories, and but this turned out to just keep going and going. So now I've got a, uh, a full-length rough draft for, for a novel that I'm going to be spinning after I finish up with a couple of, uh, a couple of my other projects. So I've got to finish the rough draft and then move on to the next uh, thing and get that done and then get back to the rough draft and do a, a first draft on that and so on. But it's, it's neat to be able to create the world. So I'm sure every writer out there, every filmmaker knows exactly what I'm talking about. Even people that have drawn pictures know what I'm talking about when, when you're able to come up with an image and put it down on paper or that today would be your laptop or typewriter or, or whatever. But, um, yeah, that's what's going on with that. Some of my other stories, um, I plan on getting adapted into screenplays and, and making films with them at some point or seeing if anybody wants to make a film with them. Uh, I've caught some interest. I've let people read my stuff, <clears throat> my rough drafts, and there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of excitement, especially on one of my stories called No Matter What, which is uh, horror. I don't know why. I don't really act so much in horror but I do love horror, and I write horror. So, <clears throat> yeah, that's um, that's where we're going with that. Woo! Wow, yeah. I talk a lot. I forgot to breathe yeah, there. Talk a little bit about your uh, your creative. How how creatives can can keep that creative spark kindled? Because I can hear the excitement in your voice. It seems like you've you've been able to keep that spark. A lot of us. When we were younger, we had it, you know, your kids and teenagers and things like that. But how do you keep how do you keep that creative spark going? I think that once you, I think you get it when you a kid when you're a kid, and I think that people just lose it over time, and then they yeah. talk about doing things, but they don't they don't ever get involved and do it anymore. They just mm. talk about wanting to do it. But I think that um, you know they say going to the gym is the first you know getting to the gym is the first step. And I feel mm. the same way about, about all of it. When you start yeah. writing and you just let it go, it just comes out. And when I create my characters, it's the same thing. Um, Slow Frank, for example, when the, the, I, I actually watched the very first appearance of Slow Frank um, a few weeks ago, and it was like the character was there, the idea was there, but then it was rediscovering characters that I had created when I was in like the sixth grade, you know, I used to, I used to pretend I was the guy that got covered in toxic waste in, at RoboCop, and I would chase cars <laughs> around the, uh, the street going, help me, help me, you know, so Slow Frank's Walk kind of adapted from that, but uh, once you get the spark, it goes, and once you complete a project, you want to do more, you want to just keep going and keep going and keep going. So I think really the first step, the, the way to keep the spark going is by actually just doing it, um, sharing it with your friends, getting other people excited about what you're doing if, if you can. But, but all in all, when you finish something and you've completed it and you're looking at it and you're like, oh, my gosh, I did it, you want to do more. You know, you want that feeling because it feels so good to complete the project. 
It feels so good to get it out of your system and, 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 and see your imagination come to life and just watch it, watch it spiral into something else. It's, it's, a really, uh, it's really incredible. It's a really incredible feeling. Amazing, amazing. Okay, Christopher, so we're just about at the end of the show. Uh, I know people are going to be wanting to email you about uh, contributing or uh, if they want to get cast. So uh, what's your email? My email is, um, you can go to S-W-E-E-T-I-N-L-O-W at gmail.com. That's my email address. Uh, you can go on to the Indiegogo.com, the website, and look up the screenplay with Christopher Inlow. Or you can go to the screenplayonline.com. Those are all ways that you can contact me and my team about this and, uh, and other projects. Find me on Facebook. I'm on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash Christopher Inlow. I mean, really anything that you can Google Christopher Inlow and <clears throat> there's going to be some way to, uh, you know, find me and contact me through there. You'll find my website, ChristopherInlow.com. But <clears throat> definitely go to the Indiegogo site. And if you can help make a contribution, you know, make a donation, or there's a lot of stuff that you can, a lot of different perks that you can get. Ed Sanchez, or, J, you know, Jamie Nash and Ed Sanchez both said that they would, uh, they would sign posters of Exist and they would sign posters of um, Lovely Molly. And, uh, right. you know, since those are two other films, both of them co-wrote, you can get the screenplay T-shirt that we've got coming. Hell, you can get holiday cards signed by the cast <laughs> or photos signed by the cast. Uh, the director that we've got coming in, Johnny Johnson, who directed Plan 9, you can purchase one of the DVDs on there, and he'll autograph the DVD. So there's a lot of different things you can do and a lot of projects you can get involved with. Uh, We've got the Christopher Inlow Entertainment, CIE. We've got a lot of stuff that's going to be coming out. We've got a promotional thing going with the rock band Faith No More for a coloring book to promote the character Slow Frank. And, uh, you know, the world is opening up. And a lot of people, celebrities, um, upcoming actors, a lot of people are getting involved in in what's going on. So there's a lot of positive stuff happening. And I'm really glad that – that, that it is, you know, I'm really glad that I can witness this and see other people's excitement that comes with it. Man, that's fantastic. Okay, Christopher, it's been real nice having you on the show, man. Thanks again. We'll have you on again. Thank you very much for having me on here, man. I've had a, I had a great time talking to you. It's always a pleasure to, uh, to hear your fantastic voice. <laughs> oh, all right, man. Okay, man, you have a great night. You too, buddy. Thank you. Okay. All right, folks out there in Radio Land, remember to do something for your career every day and break a leg. Night. Looking for a show to see this weekend? Look no further than DC Metro Theater Arts. They've got reviews, Q&As with actors, and much, much more. Visit DCMetroTheaterArts.com. That's DCMetroTheaterArts.com. Under the dark you pacify me Hold my breath Take me down, I won't fight 
Beat of my heart, you drum inside me Somewhere my death Makes a sound no one can find out 